Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, and James chapter 3, verse 17. Proverbs 9, verses 1 through 6, and James three seventeen. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maids, and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Come, eat my food, and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. Now, James 3.17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. This is the word of the Lord. Oh 
Amen. I am a child of God. I am what he say I am. I love that music, and I guess all of us love it too. Amen? Why don't you just get up a little bit and shake hands with one or two people. Let me get situated here, please. Just introduce yourself. If it's possible for you just to come closer, that would be great too. Thank you. Amen. Amen. The house will come to an order. Can we bow down our head? Let us pray, please. Let us pray before we share. Our Father, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you this morning. For we are chosen, we are not forsaken. Forever we are your child, we are your children. Father, this is New Year we're looking forward for. Thank you for what happened last year. But you have ushered us in into this year, 2019. It is by your miracle, Lord. Not by power. Not by anything. But just because we have been chosen. We are not forsaken, Lord. So this morning, I hand over this moment to you. Holy Spirit. I see to begin to move around the four corners of this world. I begin to minister to people in their hearts. Yes, say something to all this morning, Lord. Not just because I am nothing. I'm absolutely nothing. But I want you to say something to my brothers and sisters this morning. Once you say something to them, they will be blessed. Those their heads are down, those heads will be up again. Those their hearts are shaking this morning, that heart will come together again. So, Father, we give you praise. I will give you honor. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. My good family, it's always good to always see you. It has been a very wonderful year, last year. We are glad it's very much behind us now. And the Lord has brought us into a new year. No matter whatever your resolution, whatever route you've chosen to go this year, but I know that God has a plan for each and every one of us. If you have your bulletin this morning, just I want you to look into your bulletin. Look at our artwork. Thank you, Bro West, for what you put in here. When he called me and asked me, what are you going to be speaking about? I said, I'm going to be speaking about wisdom, godly wisdom. And he said, what kind of artwork could you be thinking about? I said, put out there for me. So he put R. I know my lady is here this morning. She loves animals. She loves so many birds. But if there's any 
bird he doesn't want to see with her eye is the owl. She doesn't like owl. Because of, from the culture where we are born, owl have a different meaning. But you know, in the Greek mythology, owl depicts wisdom. Say, a symbol of wisdom. But if you go to India, in their mythology, the peace are as a symbol of foolishness. And so I chose to go to the Greek mythology. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to be talking for these four weeks, this four Sunday. Wisdom. And the wisdom I'm talking about is not just every wisdom but a godly wisdom. From the text we read this morning, thank you, my daughter, um, Mary Rose. I want you to go back to that text again. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1 to 6 says, Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. Wisdom built a house. It didn't say that money has built a house. It didn't say power has built a house. It didn't say knowledge has built a house. The scripture says that wisdom has built her house. And she has set up seven pillars. Wisdom set up a pillar. This house we hear have pillars. If you come to Africa, people love pillars. Those of us here who are engineers, Architects. Is Brown here? I can't see him. You know the importance of a pillar. What pillar does in a house? The Bible said that wisdom has set up her seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed it with her what? Her wine. Wisdom prepares meat. Those of us who cook. My daddy loves to cook. So many of Moms here and dads here love to cook. You know that it takes wisdom to cook something good, especially when you are having guests in your house. Not you alone now going to eat, but you are cooking for other people. You just need wisdom to begin to put things together. The Bible says that wisdom has prepared meat and mix and wine. It takes wisdom. I don't drink wine. If you ask me to mix a wine, I can't mix a wine. But if you give somebody who drinks wine, to mix for you, she will make, he or she will mix it well because it has wisdom. Wisdom mixed and wine. She said, she has also set her tables. Wisdom says tables. When we wanted to do our mission presentation this year, one of our sisters here, I call her, I said, please, sister, we were having people to come. Could you help us to set up the table? She came. She knew what she's going to put on each table to make it look beautiful. That takes wisdom. The Bible says here that wisdom has set her table. She has sent out her servants. Wisdom knows how to send out servants, know how to organize servants. Those of us who are, um, who are bosses here, you want to hire people. You know the kind of people you want to hire for the job. It takes wisdom. It says that wisdom has done what? Has set her servant. And she calls from the highest point of city. Wisdom calls. Wisdom invites. He said, let all who are simple come to my house. Wisdom invites. People invite people into the house. All these things is what wisdom does. Then he said to those who have no Sense, she says, Come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Those who have no sense, what is he talking about? Those who have no sense of God, those who have no wisdom of God. You heard this morning somebody saying, How many people or how many children that are killed every year here? Those people have senses, they have knowledge. 
but not the knowledge of God. He said those who have no senses, they can be doctors, they can have all PhDs, but he said they have no senses. There are those who are walking in the world today who don't know Christ, but they are human beings, dead men moving around. He said, come, the wisdom invited, they said, come and eat the food that is prepared with the wisdom. And I know that this, this statement can connect to you to what Jesus did in the New Testament when he said, on that day, Jesus stood up and said, let he that is hunger and thirst come. Getting the connection there? Then he said, live your simple ways and you will live. Live your simple way, the way of sin, the way of vanity, the way of iniquity. He said, live it. And then you will live. But if you continue in your sinful way, you will die. You can imagine how many people today in a society that live simple lives. When you were coming to this church, you must have found those people along our streets, along our neighborhood, across our borders. You can just see them. These are people who live simple lives. He said, come. I invite you. It is wisdom making this call. Say, I invite you, come. I say, walk in the way of insight. In James chapter 3, verse 17, where we read, he said, but wisdom that comes from above is first of all pure. Now, he has separated other wisdoms because I told you I'm not talking just wisdom. I'm talking about the wisdom of God. He said that wisdom that comes from above is what? That comes from heaven is first of all what? Pure. Because it comes from heaven. It comes from God. It's a pure wisdom. It's not the human wisdom. It's not the wisdom you see today in the world. It's not the wisdom to exploit, to loot, to destroy. It's not the wisdom to kill. It's not the wisdom to produce all these sophisticated weapons you see in the world. That's not the wisdom. It's not the wisdom of commit crime. It's not the wisdom for myself to check myself into a clinic now and tell people, I want to, I'm no longer a man, change me. That's not the wisdom. He said that wisdom is what comes from God. It's a pure wisdom. Then peace loving, that wisdom is peace and loving. And is considerate and is submissive and full of mercy and good fruits, impartial. And sincere. This is the wisdom. That is the wisdom God is calling you. God is calling me. God is calling the church to walk through this year, 2019. This is the wisdom God is calling us. He's inviting us this morning. Now, <clears throat> I want you to imagine yourself having a, long, a loved one who lives in Washington, D.C. And this person has been sick for a long time. And then you'll be preparing and wanting to go visit this person. You couldn't go because you are on a fixed income. Every week, every month, you try to budget to make this trip. You couldn't make it because of your fixed income. And then all of a sudden, you got a call that that's your loved one. Maybe if you couldn't come in the next two days or three days, he or she will be gone. And then you were traumatized. You begin to think, how, how can I go to see my loved one? And all of a sudden, somebody, your friend, said, I got you a ticket. I got you a ticket from a Graham, a Graham. So you can go to Graham and then on that day you carry your purse and your bag. You check yourself to Graham bus. 
That used to be my limo here many years when I was here. It was a time I was traveling from Reading to Oakland to our church there, where I was doing my intern there. I left here in the morning. I got there around 7 or 8 in the night to Greyhound. And so you decided to go through Greyhound. Then when you got into the bus, people were coming in and coming in. Then you went to your sat down. Nobody was sit, sit, coming in, sitting down. And all of a sudden, one seat that remains was the seat behind where you sat. And then here comes this young man with a shabby face and shabby dressing, with beards, with tattoos, and walked into the great house and then sat where you were. And the driver of the Greyhound took off. And after driving probably for about 20 miles, this young man dipped his hand in his pocket and brought out a cigarette and lit the cigarette in the Greyhound bus. So those people who don't smoke, probably in the Greyhound bus, they're never going to have it easy. And so as this guy lit this cigarette in the Greyhound bus, the smoke started traveling everywhere. And the person at the back said to this young man, turn off your cigarette. The young man didn't turn off the cigarette. Before you know it, the person in the front threw a punch, bah, on this guy. Then you were sitting behind this guy. Then you walk up. He got up from your seat and traveled to the back of that bus and held the rail as the bus was still going. Now the driver of the bus has noticed there's a fight in the bus. Before you know it, every other person in that bus started rushing on this boy to tackle him down, to take away a cigarette from him. All this while, you just stood at the back of Graham bus holding the rail there. And then finally the driver couldn't stop because it wasn't safe for him to stop. After a while, he saw a gas station. Then he pulled into that gas station. When he pulled into the gas station, then he stopped. Started calling police. Then the police were raising, coming to the gas station. And when they came in there, they talked to the bus driver, and they walked into the bus. And when they came to the bus, every other person in that bus there was on top of this young man. But it was only you who sat at the back holding the rail. The police asked a brother person to leave the guy. They took the boy out, took him down on a handcuff, and took him to their car. I wanted to talk to this boy. The boy didn't say a word. The boy didn't make a comment. This guy was smelling. And so the cops started searching around him. And all of a sudden, they found a piece of paper in his pockets. That piece of paper has a name, has an address, has a phone number. So the officer picked up his phone and called that number. As he was calling that number, the number didn't go through. He called and called, and all of a sudden, Somebody picked up that call from the other side. And when he picked up the call, he wanted to speak. Then started coughing. He coughed and coughed and coughed and coughed. He coughed almost four minutes. The officer was still waiting to see if the man can come to himself and say something to them. Then all of a sudden, the man stopped. And they say, yes, with that big voice. The officer said to the man, sir, what is your name? The man told the officer on the phone, his name. Then the officer looked at the name he had on a piece of paper. That was the man. They asked him about his address. He mentioned the address. The address matched the address. The police officer has his hand. So the man started coughing again. And then the police gave him a chance to come. Then after again, so the officer said to the man, do you know so-so-so-so name? The old man said, 
Yes, that's my nephew. The officer said to the man, we have your nephew here with us. He got involved in a fight in a bus. This old man started crying. He said, my nephew called me about two weeks ago and told me that they stopped his medication. He hasn't been taking his medication because he was the one helping him to pay for his medication. And then he wanted to do a follow-up on that. Then he himself got sick and ended up on the emergency room that he just came back two days ago that he forgot to make that call. That his nephew has a mental problem. The police thanked the man and said, we're going to give you a call back again. They came back to the bus. So when they came back to the bus, every other person in that bus was breathing like this. <laughs> you were still standing. Didn't go back to your seat. Then the police officer came. And they came to you and said, sir, um, what is your name? Then you open your mouth. Then the officer asks you, please, can you just tell me what you observed? Other people were in the box. You were only the one. The officer was asking a question. Then you begin to talk. I just want you to imagine every other person in that bus don't know your nationality, they don't know whether you've been your talk, but the moment you begin to open your mouth, the moment every word that came out of your mouth at that moment begin to describe whom you are, whether you're from Nigeria with an accent, whether from your America with your own accent, whether you're from India with your own accent. So it is that moment, everybody in that bus will begin to know whom you are. Then the police officer decided to address to everyone who was in that bus. And finally, said to them, the man who lit cigarettes in the bus had a mental problem. And apologize. The problem that must have caused them for their, on their trip and then step out. I still want you to be thinking. So now everybody in that bus, Graham bus now have realized that the man, young man who needs cigarettes in the bus was somebody who has a mental problem, who was deranged, whose life has been messed up, but nobody knew. But because he lit cigarettes, Everybody was throwing punch at him, was hitting him, and put him on the ground. Think about those people who raised their hand up, and those who, show, who shot those bad words from their mouth against that young man, thinking what they would be saying to themselves, and then you, who never did anything, think what they're going to be saying about those two actions. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27 says, Whoever restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. I can assure you that at that moment, when all these things have happened, but you were the only person there who restrained yourself, who held back, that showed you are a man of understanding. You are a woman of understanding. That shows that you are not just like every other person in that box. It shows if you are a Christian, your father in heaven will be clapping. There are going to be applause in heaven. The angels are going to be clapping. Yeah, yes, 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 he did it. Because you held your fullness. You held your gentility. You took control over this monster that lives in us. You restrain it. Think what God will be thinking about in that moment. 
You will be so much proud of yourself. When you share this testimony with your family, they'll be so much proud of you. That is what wisdom does. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, chapter 7, verse 9 says, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the bosoms of fools. That is what has happened in that box. It is what we have you give. In any situation, if you're a cool person, you're going to give your coolness. If you're a gentle person, you're going to give your gentle, your, gent, your gentility. If you're somebody who is tempered, you're going to get loosed. Wisdom defines those characters. As godly men and women of God, God is calling us for what? For wisdom. Daniel chapter 12 verse 4. It says, But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of this scroll until the time of the ends Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. There are knowledge everywhere. We are living in a digital age. You come into your room, you clap hand, the light comes on. You say, Alexa, turn on my dishwasher. The dishwasher is running green, 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 green. You say, Alexa, turn on my... Um, security alarm. Alexa, turn Alexa does everything. Right? That is knowledge. Knowledge is everywhere. But who knows what is next? What knowledge, what next thing are we going to see? Maybe you're going to be, Alexa, bring me my food. Alexa, shine my shoe. Alexa, brush my teeth. Go my hair. Take me to shower. Alexa, take the car out. This can be a new technology. There can be new knowledge. But in the vast of this massive knowledge, what is lack is the godly wisdom. Knowledge without wisdom can be too dangerous, as we see today. So it is very, very important that we impart knowledge, godly knowledge, into the younger ones. So for these four weeks, I want to invite you to come and walk with me into this house of wisdom. I will be sharing with us my flashback, my old memories as a young man growing up in overseas. We will talk about who needs wisdom these four weeks. We will talk about wisdom in making decisions. We will talk about how do we learn wisdom? Why do we need wisdom? Godly wisdom versus human wisdom. What does godly wisdom do? Then wisdom seven pillars. We're going to be talking about those things for these four Sundays. The reason behind this teaching, I met a grandma before Christmas. When I saw her, she said, Hi, I've been longing to see you. I've heard so much about you. I said, Really? I hope they're all good. He said, Yes, except one thing. I said, Whoa. What is that thing that is not good? He said, you are a handsome man. I said, oh my goodness. I said, I wish my two girls were around to hear first time their dad is a handsome man. Because I've been telling my two girls all these years that I am handsome. And each time I say that, you know what they said to me? They say, yeah, dad, you are, you are handsome like a gorilla. 
about that. So this young grandma, she told me her story, how she was frustrated because of how the younger ones was making nonsensities of her, calling her old days and calling her old dad. I'm not kidding. He said, she have decided people to be addressed. This is a grandma. He said, because of that, I decided to go to Africa. I prayed. I said, God sent me somewhere, a place where you can use me. I decided to go to a country in Africa. He said, when I got to Africa, I was adorned. I was respected. I was welcome. I was treated well. The younger ones respected me. They were calling me ma, mama, dad. In fact, she described one night, the place I'm telling you is one of this most hostile place in Africa, was the place where a grandma went. She said one night, she was hungry. There was a bakery that was about two miles away from her. She decided to go to that bakery to get the bread. As she got up going to that bakery, she met all these young men with heavy gun. They said, Mama, 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 where are you going, Mama? Then she opened up and told them she was going to get bread. They escorted her to the bakery and they escorted her back. So this mother said, I, I don't know what went wrong in my country here. I don't get respect anymore. She was just serious about it. So while I was talking with her, what she said hit me so hard in my heart. And I began to have a flashback of my memory as a young man growing up in Africa. And what I learned during those days as I was growing up has helped me today to be a man, a husband, a father, a leader that continue to do some of all these small, small things God is doing across the world because of the things I learned as I was growing up. You see, when I was growing up, you never called the old people by their names. It was either Mrs. or Mr. or Uncle Tom or Auntie Grace. All those kind of things. That was the kind of virtue, that was the kind of environment I grew when you saw old people, you shake hands with them with two hands. You bow. If you are sitting down and an old person shows up where you sat, you stood up and give her a chance to sit. If you want to ask a question, you raise up your hand and ask those questions. When our parents took us to a public place, they placed their satos. There we sat, stayed there. We didn't move until the program was over. If there was food, we never allowed. We never took food by ourselves. Our parents had to bring that food where we are and gave it to us. And if we need more, we raise up our hands. Then our parents will bring more to us. We continue to maintain eye contact with our parents. Eye contact. Whether we're in a public place, we have a guest in the house, you just have to be looking at your parents. Your parents talk to you with their eyes. This was the kind of environment I grew. Imagine most of us today who are parents. All you have to put together, the logistics, the arrangement, the planning, the security, just you are taking your children out. Sometimes when you consider the enormity, you want to cancel it. You want to cancel the program because I don't know if I can be able to do this. That has changed. During my school years, 
In Nigeria, schools where during my time was either boys' school or girls' school. They never had that co-education. And the reason why was because of what? Distractions between the boys and the girls in the learning places. So they kept the school either for boys or girls. But I was lucky to go to a co-education school, mixed school. In mixed schools, those that have boyfriends or girlfriends, there are four places you can, you have chances to see them. Either in that school, or in the marketplace, or the way to stream to get water for your parents, or a way to church. That's the places where you can see your boyfriend or your girlfriend. No hugging, no kissing, no sleepover, not. In fact, if you see your friend, your boyfriend, you are watching around if, if your parents are watching you, because you're going to wave to your, or your girlfriend, your boyfriend. You don't allow them to see it, because if they see you, you are grounded. You are gone. You are toast. How much more sleeping over? Chores in the home. We all participated in chores. We cooked with firewood. I was raised under seven children. Each time my mama was cooking, we were all there in the house. Some people are cutting the okra. Some other person are bringing the wood. The other person is pounding the spices. Until that food is done, everybody is participating. Chores in the house. I know one beautiful young lady. Her parents come from one of those countries from Africa. Her name is Millie Rose. If you tell, if the dad or the mom asks her to go get water, and without use the word please, you have to explain to Millie Rose why you should ask her to get the water for you without putting please. It's a wonderful girl. So everybody participated at church at home. How are we doing today? I was so happy before Christmas. I saw one of our church family here, their daughter. I had somebody call me at the window. Hey, Churchill, I look back. I call her name. She smiled. So what are you doing here? Say, I'm shopping for my mom. Oh, when she said that. Looked like a chocolate to me. I felt so proud of that girl shopping for her mom on the Christmas Eve. With all the things going on in the house, all the gifts going on. But that girl, that young girl, was able to take time to go and shop for her mom. If you're here this morning, you know whom you are. I am so proud of you. That is good. So today, how are we doing? So for these four Sundays, I want to take you, I want to take our church to this rock of wisdom. The Bible says that wisdom has what? Beauty's house. Has done all these things with the Bible. We want to go back to the Bible. The word of God. That is the only hope we have. That is why we are here. That's what God wants us to be doing. To be ambassador of these truths. No matter how the society, whichever way they're going, we stand on these truths, the word of God. Indestructible word of God. We want to do what is in this Bible. That is what it means to be Christians. And that is what it means to be called a child of God. And that is what it means to walk in the wisdom of God. So this morning, I'm going to pray. But before I pray, there are a group of people I want to pray for. 
There's a man called Bartimaeus in the Bible. You know that story very much well. The Bible says Jesus was going to Jerusalem. He took this road of Jericho. And there was a blind man who sat on the road. And was calling Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They tell him to shut up. Close your mouth. This man yelled up again, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That is the wisdom of God. How many of us here drive hybrid car? Hybrid. If you drive hybrid, raise up your hands. Don't be ashamed. Okay. Do you know the name Bartimaeus means a hybrid? That is what it means. Bartimaeus was calling, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. A lot of people have been passing him, giving him money there, giving him some dimes. He said, be quiet. The blind man said, I had a noise. They say, well, Jesus of Nazareth passing. He again, Jesus, thou son of man, David, have mercy on me. The Bible said, Jesus stood. He couldn't walk anymore. He stood for Lazarus. He stood for Bartimaeus. Jesus didn't pass Bartimaeus. Pass me not to to say if you hear my humble cry. Why I noticed that I go only oh do not pass me by do not pass me by save you Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. Why am others that I go only? Oh, do not pass me by. Jesus stood. So go get him. They brought him back to us. Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And I'm asking you that question this morning. Jesus is asking you, what do you want me to do for you 2019? He will never pass you this year. He must stop for you. Remember Abraham? God said, I will not pass. Abraham is my friend. I'm going to go to his house. He didn't pass. The woman of issue of blood, Jesus said, somebody touched me. He didn't pass. It's not going to pass you this morning. It's not going to pass you this morning. I want you to know, you are serving a living God. I am pumped up to go this year. Are you pumped up? Are you pumped up? Are you sure? Thank you for somebody saying yes. Amen. I want you to be energized. I want you to be excited. The Lord is going to do something for our church. Listen. It's almost 40 years. I've seen what God has done through this book. If you can't do it, I can't tell you that you will do it. If you can't do it, I won't tell you that you will do it. And so he's going to do it again. Amen? Amen. Bow down your heads. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you this morning. We bless your name. We give you praise for whom you are. We are talking about your divine wisdom. Here are my brethren this morning, Lord. You know what they need. And you know how they need you desperately. Oh, Father. I want you to touch every life this morning. If there's anyone here this morning who 
doesn't know Jesus, I want you right there where you're sitting down. Take your right hand and place it on your chest. I didn't ask you to come out. Just right where you are. There is something in your hand. The Bible says, we shall lay hand upon the sick. They shall be healed. So your hand has something to do this morning. And that hand, God has blessed it. I want you to use that your right hand. Place it on your chest. And pray with me. Repeat whatever God needs to say this morning. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Have mercy on me. Cancel my name in the book of death. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Your word says, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, that Jesus died on the third day God raised him up I will be saved today Lord I confess that your son Jesus died I receive him in my heart I receive him as my savior cancel my name in the book of death write my name in the book of life thank you Jesus for saving my life in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Open your mouth. If you pray that prayer this morning, and you want to talk to us here, you want to talk to me about how to walk the wisdom of God this year, be free to talk to us. Anybody here? Or me? Would you be glad to talk to you? Praise the Lord. I want us to go the wisdom of God this year, and come back next week. Bring somebody next week. We have so much to share. I'm excited. You see me? I am really pumped up to go. You pump up to go? Yes. Amen? Amen. God bless you.